What's up, folks? It is Tuesday night, episode 74, and tonight, a special treat as we had Miguel on just a couple of weeks ago. Tonight, we have on his co-host, Holly O'Connor from Hot 101.5 from the Miguel and Holly Show early in the morning here in Tampa Bay from 6 to 10 a.m., and they do a fantastic show. Holly will be signing on with us here momentarily, and I believe Ryan also will be jumping on here uh, in a second as well as we're having a little bit of technical difficulties, but to be expected, that's the way live show works, so it's no big deal. Also, things going on in Philadelphia as well. As I wait for the two to come on here, one, Ben Simmons says that he wants out of Philadelphia, and he plans on not coming back, or at least not showing up for practice. So do we care that Ben Simmons is coming back? Maybe we'll get into it a little bit later on. Eagles, of course, making some moves as well. Travis Fulgham no longer with the team after being the lead wide receiver last year uh, on the Eagles. So some sports to talk about. We may get into it a little bit later on. But again, tonight, it's about Holly O'Connor. She's trying to get her, her screen here all straightened out so we can have her on. Thank you to everyone who's tuning in tonight. I do appreciate it. Also, for those who tuned in this past week, we had on with our media partner on Goose's Pond Studio, Retro Sports Talk with Goose's Goat. So thank you to everyone who tuned in and then who tuned in to the hunk full Monte Cristo cigar talk show after at four o'clock. So thank you. And there'll be another show coming up here momentarily, at least within the next week or two. And I'll keep you posted as well. So tonight here, as I wait for the technical difficulties, once again, to iron out, I'm Angel, episode 74. We look forward to seeing you guys here on the flip side. Here starts the show right now. All right, so the other person that jimed in here just, I mean, in the nick of time is my national correspondent. And unfortunately, the super intro that I love to give to him it's not really available, but Ryan, how are you this evening? I'm Ryan F., national correspondent. It's great to be with you this evening. Let's just get right into it, man. We got, I, got, I got my notes here. So, All right. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see how many notes you end up having. I do see Holly waiting there in the green room, but before I bring Holly up here, I want you guys to find out how you can see Holly and listen to Holly for the most part. If you guys look here on the screen, as the rest of us do here on Twitter, you guys can follow Holly O'Connor at Radio Holly on Twitter the same way I do. And most people end up doing it. And of course, I got this screen up here that I probably shouldn't bring bringing down. But that's the way things happen. It's live. Things go nuts. So um, we have that there. And of course, Brian sends me a message over here. So let me close that one out. But you can also look for Holly on the Facebook page here at O'Connor.Holly on Facebook. You can like, of course, the page. Follow her as well. And she end up giving me... Uh, a follow back here. And by the way, on this one here, this is not her Finsta. This is actually her Instagram account. So if you guys follow Radio Holly on Instagram, same thing, give her a follow. And with that all being said, we bring on the lady here of the hour. It is Holly O'Connor. Holly, how are you this evening? I'm so good. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for asking. Uh, of course, that's Ryan right above here. It looks like almost like the little semi-Brady Bunch square here going on. So, <laughs> Yay! <laughs> exactly. But hi, listen, uh, first of all, thank you for coming on with us. I really do appreciate it. I know you have to get up at it dark 30. I know that's it's true. Yeah, it's kind of tough. And I know it's for you guys, I, I guess kind of like the little first question out of the gate here, because you guys are up early, you have to be in studio and then get the show launched just before 6 a.m., at nighttime during the week, and then as the weekend approaches, so come Thursday night into Friday night, when you wake up Saturday morning, is it one of those things that you might wake up just an hour later than you normally do, or do you actually are able to get like your full eight hours during the weekend? Um, that's weird because it actually just recently changed. It used to be that on the weekends, on Saturday, I could wake up, I would say my normal wake up time was about 7.30 or so. I mean, keep in mind, I have a kid. I have an eight-year-old right. daughter. She just turned eight. So she's like up at the crack of dawn anyway. So it's not really like sleeping in. But recently in the past couple weeks, I would say, on the weekends, I've been waking up at like 6 a.m. Just boop, I'm up. And I don't get up that time for work. I get up earlier for work. But for some reason, I wake up at six and I'm like, why is this happening? I don't know if it's just that I'm getting older <laughs> or what, but I'd like it if that didn't happen, <laughs> but I can yeah. at least get eight hours of sleep during the weekends. 
Well, it's, it it happens, believe it or not, because before I used to, I, I wish I could say it like you guys, I do this full-time, but I actually have a full-time job throughout the day. The good thing is when I moved from Philly down here, I used to be at work at 2.30 in the morning. So it's a nice break waking up at 4.30 versus 2.30 because it makes a world of difference. But it, yeah, oh dark 30 comes around real quick. I, would, I don't, I mean, I give you so much credit. I don't know if I could continue to do this job at that hour, unless they paid me some kind of insane amount. I, I couldn't do, like wake up in the middle of the night. It's so difficult. It's difficult as it is like with the alarm going off at four. So I I, to, I totally understand and tip my hat to you. <laughs> no, listen, I, I appreciate and, and as you just shared just now that you do have your daughter. At the, the balance, of course, being mom, being radio host. Oh, and by the way, for those who don't know, October 21st will be the first live show for Miguel and Holly. That should be really, really big. And and yes. just to let you know, Holly, I, I tried to get the VIP tickets. And fortunately, apparently, I guess I was in VIP fast enough because they sold out so fast. I think it was, what, 40 minutes when it sold out? Yes, I was floored. I had no idea that would happen. That was awesome. Yeah, I mean, I'm was- sorry for you, though. You should have got those VIP tickets. I'm sorry. It's okay. It happens. You know what? I tried. It's it, it's fine. I can just from afar. If you hear someone screaming outside when you guys are pulling up to the building, that'll just be me, some weirdo until they tackle me. <laughs> and we'll just take it from there. But <laughs> I'm here for it. But listen, the good thing is obviously the, the popularity of the show is that I'll get back to you here and as far as your daughter here in a second. But the popularity of the show, I'm wondering if you guys, as I said to Miguel, I'm wondering if you guys knew how big the show was actually going to get. And then with you guys sharing so much of your lives, and I know for the most part, as we listen to you throughout the show, for you, you're very private. And every once in a while, you let some things out. It may not be super personal, but you do let a couple of things out here and there. But I don't think you guys realize, as I said to Miguel, and even with Scotty, that how much you guys mean to the Tampa area. And then for people sometimes in the morning or even during the day when they tend to struggle, the nice thing is, is to hear those voices first thing in the morning and how you guys come on, how you share different stories. When you talk about the weekends, when you talk about the blogs, I mean, even the stories, obviously people tell on Tampa Bay secrets, but it's nice to hear like that first voice in the morning coming from you guys. Cause I, I, I don't think you guys fully grasp how much you guys touch everyone's life here in the Tampa Bay area and even probably beyond for those who listen on, you know, whether it's Facebook or iHeart, but what you guys do, it's absolutely incredible. So I will tell you myself being here for three years and listening to you guys within those three years, I'm absolutely floored on what you guys end up doing and how you reinvent the show. Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, thank you. That's the goal, right? Like that's what we want. Um, so I guess the question is, did we think something like this would happen? Um, Kind of. And the only reason I say that, and not to be cocky at all, is that we came from Panama City. Um, We did a morning show for years in Panama City, uh, left, came here to Tampa, failed miserably, left, went back to Panama City with a a new sort of iteration of the show at that time. It was Miguel, myself, and another woman. And um, they were so welcoming. And they're like, we missed, it was like, you know, a friend welcome. We missed you so much. And then... um, as you can tell, we did not stay. So we left Panama City again. And when we left, it was very heartbreaking. And it was very sad because we were leaving friends. And then I was like, you know, well, you can listen on the app. But it wasn't the same, especially then. We're talking 2015. Technology wasn't where it is now. Right. And um, we had formed like a bond with that community. We were interwoven in the fabric of the community, like Miguel likes to say. And so um, did we feel like we could possibly create that same connection because this is what we do and this is who we are we hoped that we could the question was in whether is tampa bay willing to accept what we do and the answer i think is yes they you it we're again we i I love this community this is my home I, i i love it here i love that i'm raising my daughter here um and i love that i get messages that have nothing to do with the show sometimes, but they say things like they echo the sentiments that you just said. I'm going to give you a quick example. A woman reached out to me on Sunday afternoon in my Instagram DMs. And apropos nothing, this came out of absolutely nowhere. And there was no question attached to this message. It just said, Holly, I just lost my mother yesterday. She passed away and I'm so lost and I don't know what to do. And I don't know how to grieve and be strong for my kids at the same time. I'm just, I don't know what to do. 
And I was like, first of all, wow, because this woman has felt such a connection to me. I don't know her. Right. I don't know who she is, but she felt strong enough and in that moment vulnerable enough and connected to me enough that she wanted to reach out to me as a friend and say, I'm struggling. Not even like, what do I do? Just, hi, friend. I'm in a bad spot. And of course, you know, I messaged back and forth with her and um, we had a little conversation about it, but I just felt so touched that and honored that she would think to reach out to me, which speaks to the broader, I guess, picture of what we do here. It's more than just an entertaining radio show, which I hope it is. Obviously, that's mm -hmm. the goal, but it's more of we're part of the community and we're your friends. And so did I think that could happen? I'm not going to say like, no, never in my wildest dreams that I think this could happen because we started to see it in Panama City, but it's been hugely gratifying to see that we get to do this and it's it's not real. Like it doesn't seem real that like, it just feels like I'm me and you're you and you're you and she's her and we're all just friends. So from my perspective, it it isn't that odd. I just have a lot of friends. Does that make right. sense? No, it does. It, it makes a lot of sense. Cause it, listen, and I think with when you hear a lot of the stories that, again on the radio, when you hear about Miguel and and how he shares his stories, the same way with you. I mean, there, there's been a couple times it, it's been kind of emotional. And I think again for someone driving in the car and then trying to feel like your shoes, but listening to it and what you describe a lot of times from either your life, a personal experience, something that happened that have been silly, something may have happened with your daughter. It's, you don't get that from too many radio shows anymore because a lot of people do the I instead of we, like you just said. And so when you hear stories from we, from you, Miguel, from Scotty, from people calling in, even, I mean, in the morning, first thing in the morning, when you guys have the Tampa Bay train wreck and you look, yeah. as you guys introduce everyone in the morning and you hear about, you know, th this morning was a lady who worked for the vet and, and Scotty, of course, he started breaking down. We couldn't obviously see it. At least I couldn't cause I was driving. He had tears in his eyes. Yeah. So th that's what I mean. It's, it's the things that you guys end up doing to end up touching people. And I think people are so susceptible to open up to you because you guys are, I think even beyond part of the community where I think even if someone was going through a change in their life, maybe a midlife crisis or even possibly even thinking about suicidal thoughts, I think they would actually reach out to you guys a lot more because you guys have definitely made that connection. And I think that's one of the reasons why, first of all, you sold out so fast for the October 21st live show because people want to make that connection, that contact. And and to me, it's just, it's incredible. And it's it's such a great vibe. And I the only time it makes me upset is when obviously I have to go into the building where I end up missing a good portion of the show because I, of course, I got to talk to my boss and deal with a bunch of other people. So there's... There's that disconnect. The good thing is when you guys have it on Facebook, I can go back and catch the pieces that I end up missing, right. which is always a, you know, a great get by you guys. But I know, like I said, you're, you're very private and, and a lot of things you and Miguel might share because obviously you guys have been friends for many, many years now, especially yeah. like as, as he told me coming up from Panama city, but your daughter, which I know means the world to you, the balance of you being obviously the co-host on, again, on a very popular show, and then coming home to that home life, how much is that connect that you try to make sure that you're involved in your daughter's life and taking that moment, no matter how busy you are, no matter how crazy things get, how important is that to you to, to make sure that your daughter is always your number one priority? I mean, it's everything. And um, I will tell you that um, I was just at a radio conference, Miguel and I both were, it's called Morning Show Boot Camp, where tons of morning shows from across the country come together. Um, for a couple of days, share ideas, go through um, what works, what doesn't. It's more it's personalities, not just morning shows. But um, I got to sit on the women's panel. And one of the questions is was similar, like a work-life balance. How do we do that? Um, as a mom, how do I make sure that I'm momming great, um, according to my standards? And how do I make sure I'm, you know, being the best uh, radio personality I can be. And my answer is the same for you as it was on the panel, which is, I think we've been sold this bill of goods that's unrealistic. And there's really no such thing as the perfect work-life balance. There is no such thing as having it all. And it was Shonda Rhimes who uh, was giving, I think, a graduation speech. And when I saw this, 
I felt seen finally that someone addressed it like this. She, and I'm paraphrasing, but she said that, you know, we cannot have it all. There's no way you can have it all because for taking it to me, for my example, if I'm giving 110%, uh, you know, at my job, something is slipping at home or I'm not doing something at home that I could be doing. If I am full on in mom mode, I'm not answering emails and, and being fully available at work. So I cannot have everything at the same time. It is trying to juggle the different parts and pieces of your life. Um, and what I like to do at the end of every day is just make sure almost like a checklist. And I do this sort of subconsciously, but like a checklist of, did I do the best I could today in all those different arenas because some days it isn't going to be the best and, and just something is going to be a little less, but you maybe make it up tomorrow. Um, for example, like, so I'm, you know, talking to you guys, which by the way, thank you very much for having me on the You're welcome. podcast. Um, and so usually the reason why it was difficult for me during the week, not even so much the getting up early bit, but because this is the time of day that I am mom. I'm not really radio person at this time of the day. And so, um, you know, my kids in the living room watching some reruns of Full House, which is fine because this isn't like a daily occurrence, but I right. have this, the way the day is segmented, you know, I do all my work. I, I really try to do as much of my work as I can in the building. I come home, I try to like get some lunch, maybe grab a nap if I'm lucky. And then once I pick her up from school, then it's like, then I'm mom and I'm not really, I'm not the same person. I've never figured out how to be radio me and mom me at the same time. And I think my daughter would think it was weird too. So I just, I'm a different version of me um, during that time, which all of that goes to her because I want to make sure she knows that she's my priority and she always will be. So it's, it's weird trying to balance. It's very difficult. Um, but we just all do the best we can, I think. Uh, and like I said, when one thing is going really well, another one might be slipping, but then eventually it's going to come back around. So we just do the best we can. And oh, quick tidbit. Yep. Our October 21st event is not sold out. Just the VIP tickets are sold out. So you can yep. still buy tickets. Yeah, no, that's true. I, I, I was going to get to that part there because I knew it wasn't completely sold out, but you're exactly right. Just just a VIP, folks. So if you're yeah. looking for a VIP, unless you find a scalper outside, if I find a scalper outside and buying like 20 tickets, I think the scalper myself is going to have a couple of choice words because, uh, again, you're, you're getting tickets that other people wanted to get, but it's all right, though. And listen, either way, I'm really happy for you guys because when Miguel dropped it, I – I didn't expect for him to say that, that you guys were going to go live. I thought maybe, I, I think somebody had mentioned like a syndication or something else like that. That's what kind of like the area where I was going at. But when they said live, I was, man, I was just about as giddy as anybody else driving in the car that morning. Cause I, it's again, it's fantastic for what you guys end up doing. And I, and I can say it over and over again because you guys are such, I mean, such good positive people within the community that I think that's why so many people and, and actually <laughs> tune in them. You have, Plenty of radio stations down here. You can tune in in the morning. But when you know that you can get a fan and keep that fan for four hours of the morning and they still want to talk about it either after work or during work or try and get other people engaged, you're doing the right thing. So kudos to you guys for doing a phenomenal job with there at 101.5. Thank you so much. It's, yeah. it's truly a blessing. No, no problem. And in case for anyone who's tuning in tonight right now, we are live from the LG Sales Direct Solutions Studio in Tampa, Florida. Of course, my national correspondent is back home in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, uh, out there, of course, taking care of things at home. We do have uh, Holly O'Connor from Hot 101.5 from Miguel and Holly Show. And Scotty is probably out doing Scotty things. And it's always he's, fun to. He's got all kind of side hustles. So tonight yeah. is one of his side hustle nights. I think it might be music bingo that he does on Tuesdays um, or something. But yeah, he's always going somewhere after hours. He's got, speaking of work-life balance, he's got a lot of work that he needs to balance with his life. So he's always on the move. Well, I would bet. But before I turn over here to Ryan, there's one thing that I want to get into, which I thought was quite interesting from this morning. So uh, for those who listened in about 13 hours ago this morning, the most interesting, I think, phone call amongst all the other ones you end up getting was, and by the way, I don't know how you do it to put it together because I know you guys get the call in. I think the caller comes in, what, Friday night for the segment for Tuesday when they're finding out about their uh, the, the love test? Oh, yeah. So usually we'll talk to them on Monday and then, I'm sorry, on Friday, and then we'll usually be able to follow up with them on um 
on Mondays. And then we'll usually replay some bit or another of it the following day. Right. Well, I, I thought it was kind of interesting this morning because we, some of us know that you are now dating someone. So the interesting dynamic here would be that the lady, for those who missed it this morning, and you can catch it back on, on the replay, but uh, she called because she wanted to put her boyfriend to the test as far as because he took some pictures uh, of himself and she wanted to know who ended up taking the pictures. Now, I know at one point, Miguel and Scotty kind of wanted to like defend the guy to a certain extent, but- to me, it was one of those things. Okay, we learned that he, when the relationship had started, there was some cheating involved within the first month. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect, honest to God, for the return was that obviously he called you out on Snapchat. But not I was only so did stressed he, out. Yeah, well, not only that, my the big surprise was when you said when you started kind of giving us the, the caption of what ended up happening, and then for him to turn around saying that he still talks to the girl that he originally was talking to in the very beginning, boy, did that blow me away because I'm like, wait a minute, what? That's She was the cause and the root of the problem. And now you do something because you say you want to make your girlfriend feel good and you turn around and do something like this. So being in a relationship now, you know, if if you were surprised about something like that, and I'm not saying obviously your your man would end up doing something like that, but if he gave you like a, a major surprise, and you were to ask, hey, by the way, like how how did you come up with it? Uh, if it's an engagement ring or something else like that, it's self-explanatory. But for something like that, and if you would ask your your man, hey, by the way, like who ended up taking these pictures? Would you feel offended that if he didn't say anything? Or if he did tell you, would you then investigate to find out if it's actually true if he went to a so-called studio? Um, so I've been in a relationship for a bit and <clears throat> in my relationships throughout my life I've learned a couple things so first if something is wrong like something if something feels wrong in your gut you should follow that feeling um I happen to have really good strong intuition that I have ignored for a large part of my life to uh listen to my logical brain and um and so what I try to do now, and this is over the last several years, is really listen to my intuition. So I feel for our, our you know, um, fan member who wrote in with all this, because when something like that happens, and it can seem almost like a small thing, and this is how you can explain it away. You're like, who, who cares where he took the pictures? Well, he was naked. So obviously, right. it's kind of a big question as to who took them. Um, and if, you know, I'm in a, a relationship where... <laughs> I can't imagine him giving me naked pictures of himself. <laughs> but if he did, and I was like, oh, okay, where did you do these? It, like, it would be preposterous for him to be like, don't worry about it. I'd be like, well, now I'm worried about it. Like, who are you? Did what? What is happening? And so when you get that little bit of conflict and you're like, I, I feel like you should just answer the question and they're being a little dodgy about it that's that red flag intuition where you're like, okay, my intuition is telling me that this something is not right, but I'm going to try to explain it because I really love this person or X, Y, Z reason, but typically something isn't great. And the only time I found that to be not the case, and we've, I've sort of learned this from our love tests that we do is if the person coming to us, is like, you know, I think there's something amiss. It's been like two weeks and I just don't know about this person. Well, first of all, you don't know about that person. It's only been two weeks or however long. And then second of all, if you are living in past trauma, um, maybe you had some bad stuff happen to you in a prior relationship. Maybe you were cheated on. Um, You know, maybe you grew up with non-communicative parents who didn't uh, pay attention to you. You have some kind of past trauma that you have buried and now you're distrustful of people. That can throw your intuition off because you're sort of expecting people to do the worst. You're almost set up for people to do you dirty because that's what you've learned in either past relationships or even in your childhood. And so that's what can skew that intuition a little bit Um, but I would say more often than not, these people who are getting like, you know, like our situation this week with the pictures, you're getting something weird going on where you're like, well, maybe it's fine. Right. Something's probably not fine. So no, uh, if that happened to me, I'd be like, who took the pictures? Don't worry about it. I'd be like, 
Now, now I'm worried about it. <laughs> and I am secretly like the FBI, so I will find some ish out. So, yeah. yes, well, I will find it. I do believe it because obviously you do find out a lot of things and it's, it's crazy to think about it too, because obviously now, the fun part for me, when I listen to, when you describe the, the fake Insta, which you like to call the Finsta. That's and that's why Finsta. I said, yeah, that's why I mentioned to make sure you follow the actual Instagram, not the Finsta one, but it, it's funny because I, I can only imagine as far as being in your shoes and then try to come up with a theory, like, okay, how do I find this? How do I do that? And then obviously yeah. the pictures and stuff that you end up finding, but some of the stories are just interesting. Like the, some of the responses, uh, some people, the way they feel. There, I know there was another one where the girl thought that her her boyfriend was cheating on her. Come to find out it wasn't even the case. So it's it's good to hear these stories. And I think, again, as, as time has changed with the show and you guys are constantly like reinventing everything, it's, it's good because, again, that's the part of society that actually that we need, even though it might be a little drama-filled, and I know Miguel says he loves drama, but the <laughs> funny part is is that it's great because it, it's another aspect of radio that I think a lot of people don't get into, and, and it can be a two-way street. Some people may like it, some people may not, but it's fun because if you're really stressed out in the moment, at least the way I'll end up saying is, you can pretty much just self-emerge yourself in that situation. Like, oh my God, I thought my day was kind of crappy. Listen to what's going on over here. So there's like a flip side to everything. But again, you guys always find a way to spin around because then you have, of course, the Scott stories uh, after that. So it's like, all right, we take you from here to start the show. Then we bring you here. Yeah. Yep. And then it comes back up here with the Scotty story. So uh, again, listen, kudos to you guys because you guys are doing amazing jobs. I turn over here to my national correspondent. Thank you. Oh, again, thanks for being on. Now, I did a little bit of research. I had to dig back a couple, of, just just a couple of years. Oh. So let me let me ask a lighthearted question. Let me get my get me, let me get my notes. Get your notes. So when Holly goes out and has Italian food at Sam Adams Oktoberfest and goes karaokeing, what what the, what what kind of Holly comes out? Oh man! Well, I need to update wherever you got that because that Holly lives back a few years ago. <laughs> and the reason I say that is because, um, first of all, we had a pandemic in the in the middle. Um, I can't drink beer anymore because it upsets my digestional tract. Like, how old am I getting? I can't even drink beer anymore without having a rough day the next day. Um, but I do still love karaoke, and I still I haven't been able to do it since the pandemic. Um, but what it is, is, and we talked about this on our podcast, which is interesting that you brought this up because <laughs> I, um, I feel like I have been slowly evolving to the next version of myself over the last couple of years, probably the last three years, maybe two and a half, maybe three years, um, where I just get, I've gotten to know myself deeper and I have a hard time going out, right? Like, we, I'm sad about it because I used to be a person who loved going out, getting ready for the night. You don't ever know what's going to happen. <clears throat> and that's like whether you're in a relationship or not. I, I just love the aspect of getting ready to go have a night out somewhere. Karaoke maybe or dancing or just, you know, drinking at the bar with your friends. And over the past three years, it's sort of... Um, been a little bit rougher for me to do that. And I don't know if it's just that my child is growing up and I'm a little bit more like, you know, I don't know when your kid is like three and you get a babysitter, they just put them to bed and you can go out. But like when your kid is seven, they're asking questions and you're like, oh yeah, going to the bar. <laughs> or like, I usually, obviously her dad and I are divorced. So on weekends when he's got her, then I'll, I'll use that as a going out weekend. But, um, I can't hang, man. I can't hang as well as I used to. And I don't really know. It's just this weird shift that happens over time. But I think about going out now, like on a Friday, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, I woke up early today. The, the thing that I want to do most is probably just get my pajamas on, drink seltzers at home, and, like, watch a movie. And that is that is perfection. So it's a little different, but I still do go out from time to time. It's just, it's been weird post pandemic. Um, there hasn't been a whole lot of instances for me to do it. My friends aren't really into going out at the moment. So it's been a while. It has been a while since I've been able to go out and have any sort of Sam Adams and karaoke nights. <laughs> on, a more, on a more serious note, as a woman in broadcasting, we all, I've heard horror stories. Oh, you stories. Up. A lot of people hear horror stories about 
when they're broadcasting. Can you talk a little bit about the trials and tribulations that you faced to get to where you are now? As a woman in broadcasting, um, man, yeah, <clears throat> it's been a lot. And I don't say that to be like, oh, you know, we have it so tough, but it is, it's a very different experience as a woman in this business than it is as, as a man in this business. I mean, I came up um, with like this stereotypical stories where I interned and my first job was at a cluster of stations that had a country station and a rock station. So there was a sales guy at the rock station who would hit on me when I was an intern at these bar gigs and say like the most cringe worthy, like I can't repeat it because it's so inappropriate. And I was 21 and he was like probably 35 and dating our boss. Oh, wow. It was really, it was a scary time because I didn't know what to do. This was way before me too. And all this. Um, and this was just something that you were expected to navigate. Um, I got told at my second radio station in Panama City that I couldn't wear the shorts I was wearing one day. I felt like I was a kid at school. Couldn't wear the shorts I was wearing one day because it was really distracting to salesmen. I was like, I'm not even in this. I'm in the studio. It was it's a lot. Um, so there's all those stereotypical things. But I think the the one of the biggest bummers, I don't even know if that's the best word, but one of the crappiest things that happened um, comes down to the pay difference between men and women that still exists. And um, <clears throat> it was when we were going through our very, we were getting an agent for the first time because we were like a little show in Panama city, Florida, and the big leagues wanted us. This was when we were first getting looked at by Tampa and another big city and so we're like, maybe we should get an agent. Maybe this is getting like serious enough that maybe we should get an agent. And there was um, myself, Miguel, and a third that was, he was the host of the show at the time. And we sat down with our agent, the guy that's supposed to have all of our backs because he's the one representing us. And, um, you know, he's the go-between between us as the talent and the company and he's negotiating for us and he comes to us, the talent. And again, we were young, I think. I think I was 28, maybe. Not that that's incredibly young, but in the scale of things, in, in for me anyway, I was still right. very young. And um, I we sat in this room and he came to us with one number of money. Like, this is what, this is the lump sum that this station wants to offer you to come work for them. Um, and so this is great news. And here's how we're going to split it up. The host gets 50% and Miguel, you're going to get 25% and Holly, you're going to get 25%. And I was like, wait, I don't feel good about that. That doesn't feel fair. We do a lot of work. We don't just do a fourth of the work and he doesn't do half the work. And our agent was insistent that this is just the way we do things and sorry about you. So um, I ended up having to take that and it was one of the biggest regrets because then it just resentment festered. And that went for Miguel as well, um, because we just weren't seen as necessary, needed. We were there, but I felt like it was, I was really not needed. So that was one instance of feeling like, I don't know what to do to fix this problem that seems to be like this inequity. And then um, there was also an instance where I had a, a boss and I had talked about a women women's issue on the air. I don't remember what segment or something. I think it might have been the segment where people could ask us anything. And they asked about um, STDs. And so I happened to speak on HPV, which can manifest in different ways, depending on which strain. Like HPV is a cause of cervical cancer. It's a cause of genital warts. It's a cause of a lot of different, um, you know, situations. So I ended up talking about that on the radio. And I was like, by the way, I've dealt with HPV and it was the cancer causing kind. And if I had not have caught it, I would have gotten cervical cancer and I may not have known until it was too late. So ladies, please make sure you do get checked. Um, this is a very real thing. Our boss pulled us in after that broadcast and screamed at us, told me I was disgusting, that nobody wanted to hear me talk about that crap on the radio. I thought we were going to get fired that day. And I was like, this is stuff that women need to hear about. And he was like, not on this radio station. They will not. And um, 
it was really devastating because I felt like I had done such a good thing for the community at that moment. But here someone was telling me I had done such a horrendous, gross, ugh, like take that crap away from us where we don't have to hear it or see it. Women's issues, good Lord. Um, and I felt really bad about that for a long time until a few weeks later, a girl messaged me and was like, you know, I heard your segment and I went to the doctor and I have what you had and they caught it and I'm not going to get cervical cancer. So thank you for talking about it. And I think about that sometimes that this was years ago now, but I think about that sometimes. And I think how it kind of goes back to our conversation on intuition and I, I'm more apt to follow my intuition now. And that's just one of many things where I don't necessarily, you know, we have to change our views on how we talk about women's issues, how uh, women are addressed in the workplace, how uh, women are able to negotiate and um, have a seat at the table. So there's so many different aspects. Um, I think we're making great headway. And of course, we have really great, you know, male companions because without Miguel, who was super cool with the show being renamed Miguel and Holly, um, because we are equal, him and I, um, the show when it first started in Tampa Bay was the Miguel show. And um, it seemed silly to me because I was like, there's only the two of us. Like, wow, we got like a cast of five in here. Like, what is this? <laughs> and in the previous market, it had been the Miguel show with Mandy and Holly. We had a third co-host and um, they just stuck with the Miguel show for branding purposes, I guess. I don't know. And so I said, I'm just not comfortable with that. I feel like I'm not getting as many opportunities. I feel like sales doesn't see me as a main player. Um, I sort of feel invisible. Like I could be replaced with any other woman. Um, so he was totally cool with, and, and thankfully very, um, you know, supportive of the change to Miguel and Holly. And luckily at the time we did that, we had a very, um, understanding boss at the time who also was a man and agreed that that was a change that we should make. So I'm super thankful for all the men allies that exist and help to lift women up. And it's not like, you know, women are asking for so much more we're asking for the same opportunity um and to be compensated just as fairly so i it does happen it is difficult you know being a woman in this business but i think that we've made a lot of great leaps and bounds and we're still going to keep pushing thanks for sharing that it's it's it it's funny because it it I, I was gonna ask you if there was a personal time in your life that uh that you can probably share with us but i think ryan may have just hit it on, on the head there as far as asking that, that question but it, you know i hear you sometimes obviously doing like the promos or at least a commercial is there when when you guys get involved because you are like you said you and miguel are equal when it comes time to do a promo whether let's just say if it's i'm just using it as a hypothetical i'm not saying you guys do it but one for like let's say like toyota or chevy or an auto parts store is it designed for one and or the other, or do you and Miguel like to share responsibility when it comes to the actual promos? Well, promos are different than actual commercial endorsements. So when we're talking about a car dealership or, uh, you know, Corona, the beer, or if there's an actual client tied to it, those are endorsements. And we are, uh, that all gets figured out through the sales department. And that's a client that is paying for us to endorse that business. So sometimes it, I mean, it just depends. Sometimes it's both of us. Sometimes people like, sometimes clients like the banter that the two of us do about a product together, like Corona does. And, you know, the two of us will go back and forth about our Corona seltzers and our pocket limes. And that'll be both of us. Same thing. Um, we both do, um, um, Furman. So it's Furman CJDR. Why can't I think of what that all stands for? Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. So right. we both uh, do Furman Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram right now. And same thing with them. I mean, they like the banter back and forth. They like the power behind the entire show. Like the two of us, obviously Scott's part of the show, but the two of us that kind of formed this whole thing, putting our weight behind this product. Then there are certain clients that I'll only necessarily need one of the two of us. Um, one of those would be like uh, Miguel has international diamond uh, center. And mm -hmm. so 
for whatever reason, their marketing department decided Miguel was a good fit and they really just wanted to go with Miguel. So he's the endorser and I'm not part of that deal. So that's why I'm not on any commercials or endorsements with him. Um, Neurospot TMS is one that I do by myself because I have used their service. I'm a huge proponent of talking about mental health and um, they really wanted to expand their marketing reach into radio. And so we came together, I did the treatment, had huge success with it, and I have nothing but good things to say about them, which is always what you want in an endorsement. Right. Um, you want to really wrap your arms around it and feel like you, you know, you're talking the truth. I don't, I, I, those are my favorite kinds of endorsements. And so I, I love them and they're, they don't work with Miguel because that's not necessarily as good of a fit as it is for me. So it just depends on sales, um, for those types of opportunities. But when it comes to like show promos between songs during the rest of the day, um, I would say typically the way that Miguel and I work is that he will lead the bit. So you usually hear his voice first. And I would say he's like, um, what does he say? He says he's the project manager. He's like right. the, quarter, the quarterback, right? So like I, we each have our different strengths. And one of his strengths is knowing exactly where we're going to go, where we need to go in a bit, a segment, a break on the air. Um, doing a promo we have known each other and worked together so long that it's like we can finish each other's sentences so we have the flow already that if he starts something i'll finish it up or if he starts something i take this and then if there's like a lot of detailed information that needs to be read that will be me because he don't read too good sometimes <laughs> right <laughs> so it's like again like i said we have our strengths and weaknesses and um we just highlight each other's strengths so it just depends it depends uh whether it's sales or just promotionally driven for the show but he'll typically start something um if it has to be real quick if there's only one voice that is uh, able to be on something, I would say let him do it unless it's something that makes more sense for me to do. It all just kind of depends. It flows. And we're pretty open about how that works. Okay. Well, listen, I, I want to get back to mental health here in a second. But since we're talking about endorsements here, I got a quick question for you. If you were to smoke a cigar, Ryan's already started laughing about this one. If you were to go smoke a, a good cigar, do you know where you could possibly find the best cigar in the country? I don't know. I don't smoke cigars, so you're gonna have to enlighten me. Well, I'll tell you exactly where you get it. You can get it from Goose's Monte Cristo Lounge Tobacco. This back in, in Limerick, Pennsylvania. Uh, Goose, by the way, is our media partner, but he has fine tobacco flavors. And, and obviously, I know that you don't smoke, but if anyone out there want to look and take a look uh, in Limerick, Pennsylvania, cigargoose.com, you guys can take a look of all the fine flavors, cigars, Monte Cristos, everything he has. Oh, and by the way, his show was on this past Saturday at four, or sorry, Sunday at four o'clock. Hunt the full Monte Cristo, uh, and I'm pretty sure I'll be back on this Sunday. So, in, in case you ever need one, Holly, I just let me know. I can get you for a celebration. Matter of fact, someone is coming up on a wedding here very shortly. That's true. He may need a celebratory cigar. Yes. So I you know what I will remind myself. And I'll make sure we'll connect, and and Perfect. I'll make sure I'll get him a really good one for ah. for for him and the fiance. But uh, as far as matter of fact, before I get back to mental health, and I want to go back to something here, only because. I don't think with the many surprises you guys end up doing on air, I think this is probably the one that at least I can re I can remember the most that probably the first time I could ever hear you actually get super emotional. When Miguel dropped the news, when everybody thought, you know, he was talking about who's going to be his maid of honor, who's going to do this, who's going to do that. The guesses were like Oprah because he had, of course, the Chateau, which he no longer is there at, at Chateau Oprah. And then it was like different guesses and everything else. Now, Normally, you can always tell, well, some people, but you can always tell when there's an actual bit and then there's a part of life that is a surprise. That day that he dropped the news and, I, and like everything else you guys end up doing, you know how to lead up to it and build up to it. Did you even expect for that news to drop the way that it did? And then your actual natural reaction, which I think, again, most of us that were driving that day were caught by surprise as well. But your natural reaction, I think it took a lot of people's like heart and emotions because we, I don't think we expected the news that you got dropped that day. No. Um, <clears throat> so what you're talking about is when Miguel asked me to officiate his wedding. Yes. Which was 
a huge surprise. And I, I don't know. I think there are people that may not believe that that's the case, but um, life had, okay. So let me back up real quick. So that was an absolutely genuine reaction because so <clears throat> Miguel and I are best friends um, have been since he moved into my apartment in 2008. And that was the second time that I had met him. Um, and then we lived together for five years. So we've been best friends for a long time. We have worked together for a long time. And like I just said, we can almost finish each other's sentences. Um, however, the last few years for us both personally have been a little rocky. I mean, obviously uh, not together, but like individually. Thank you, by the way. Um, <laughs> um, so what happened is like my life got a little insane I deal with a lot in my personal life. And you're right. I'm, I tend to be a little bit private about some of the things that happen in my personal life. Right. First, because I, I have to be um, for various reasons that I can't talk about, but also because I uh, needed to kind of pull back in and keep some things to, to myself. I'd love to be able to at one, one day talk about the absolute craziness that has been my roller coaster of a life for the past three years or so. Now, keep in mind, this is also the three years in which I found myself and discovered uh, really my true calling of um, helping out with mental health. But during that time, I really like I had some cataclysmic life events happen. And when that happened, um, it affected everyone around me, including Miguel. And so, you know, we had a couple sort of come to Jesus meetings Right. where he's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I don't think that you understand what I'm doing and I really need your support. And he's like, I support you, but I don't quite get it. And we had like some, not head butts, but like you could tell we were on a bit of a different vibe about all the things that were happening in my life. Meanwhile, he's got other things going on in his life too. And we don't longer live together, but we're working together. And I was in a pretty dark place for a while over the past couple of years, I would say about two years ago. Um, so we're all going through some stuff. And then as I came out of that and like, we were okay, I, I still thought maybe there were some things that he didn't quite understand about what I was doing with my life. And um, so obviously, even though that's all happening, we're still great friends. I still want the best for him. He still wants the best for me. We love each other. Right. And um, he got engaged, which we helped orchestrate our boss and Scotty and I with his fiance. So great last October. So after that happened, and I was thrilled with how that all went, um, we, let's see, he started, I'm not sure when he started looking at um, people that were going to be in his wedding party. And I thought maybe like a little piece of my brain was like, maybe he'll ask me to be in the wedding. I mean, I didn't know what it was going to look like. I thought maybe it would be like, he'd have friends on his side and his fiance Abe would have friends on his side, men, right. women, both. And then as he started talking about it behind the scenes off the air, he's like, I'm going to fly up to Atlanta and ask some of my, my college friends. And I was like, okay, this is the weekend when he's asking everybody to be in the wedding. And then um, he didn't ask me. And I'm like, okay, Hey, big for your britches. Like no one said you had to be invited to be in the wedding. Like he's probably got all men in there. Maybe he doesn't even want a woman. Maybe he doesn't want me in the wedding, which is, he, that is his wedding. He can do what he wants. But after I realized that he didn't invite me to be part of the wedding, I was like, totally cool. I'm like, I don't mind. I kind of felt like I might be part of it, but no worries. I will be there to support my best. I want to just let him to do his thing. So having that backstory, you have to understand when he was talking about who would officiate the wedding. First of all, I don't, I'm not a person that officiates weddings. It didn't even cross my mind. I really thought he was going in the direction of Mayor Jane Castor. Right. She's part of the LGBTQ community. It's the mayor of Tampa. Like, can you get any better than that? So the day that he asked me on the air and we did all this fanfare in the lead up and he's like, Holly, I want it to be you. I, it was like someone like slapped me across the face because I was like having a difficult time processing what was coming out of his mouth. I had already made peace with the fact that I wasn't going to be part of his wedding. And I was cool with that because he's got to do what he's got to do. So right. when he's saying this, I was like, I'm, I'm sorry. What? And when I, read what Abe had written and, and talked about and what Miguel had said. 
it when it finally sunk in what they were asking me to do, I just broke. And so yeah. that's what you heard. Yeah, and listen, I, but, that, but that's the beautiful part about life, though, because it, it's true. I, you know, as as you're explaining the story, of course, we get more of the backstory uh, as listeners and, and and fans of the show. But it was it was that genuine because he the way he led up to it, it was the same way because I I forgot about that as well. He had talked about Mayor Castro and my girlfriend. And I actually ran into her twice uh, down in, in Tampa. One we ended up taking a picture, and the next time was when the whole mass thing had happened. So a quick little funny story when it came to her first time was during the Rays last year when they were in the playoffs. And so it was, uh, down in Hyde park, I believe. Mm-hmm. So we ended up, uh, we ended up, we saw her, Hey Jane. And she quickly came over and ended up taking a picture. We thanked her for, for doing such an outstanding job here in, in Tampa. And then we ended up running into her again, actually for the Super Bowl experience. And as we're walking, so my girlfriend, Debbie, she says, hi, Jane. She goes, hello. But it was funny because she was trying to walk away as quickly as she possibly could because there was no face mask. And we weren't even thinking about it. I'm like, huh, what's wrong with her? Oh, this thing. <laughs> so I can understand because obviously she wants to make sure that she's protected. And yeah. so I, we didn't ask for a picture. We're like, no, we're not going to do it because God forbid. And then people are going to be like, wait a minute. How come she's taking a picture with them without the mask on? So we just kind of skipped it. But the great thing was, though, is, is your reaction. I think what Miguel just like hyping it up so much. And then when he dropped it, I, your natural reaction, it's, it's priceless because it, it shows how long you guys have been best friends. He did tell us about him when he, when he moved in with you uh, in the apartment after meeting you for a second time. And yeah. we were kind of taking him back on that one. It was like, wow, that's like yeah. stuff you don't hear all the time, but it goes to show you how much of a connection that you guys do have. And, and it's funny because you talked about as far as the mental health as well, and, and again, I've been tuned in for three years. So I, I did hear as you made a transition and, and I will say, I think beautifully coming from your life, I think it's the most of you have excelled of me just being a fan and a listener for the last three years on how much you've kind of little by little have, I want to say letting your guard down, but you've been bringing that kind of like the screen before the wall down, like just being able to peep out there and be like, okay, you know what? Things are getting better. And so I applaud you actually for doing that, just sharing that experience, I think with us. And like you said, you're not going to go into detail. We don't want to know the details behind it because that's your personal life. But it's always good to hear that when people have like mental health issues, and I'm not saying by any means that you do, but it could be a mental awareness. We can get depressed. We've gone through our ups and downs. A lot of us have gone through some bad relationships. And there's times when you think that there's no end to it. It's like, you know, when is that dark cloud going to go away? You know, when are people actually going to physically see me again? When am I going to be able to talk to somebody? And then again, seeing you and then listening to Miguel and how he's positive and then just watching you just evolve all over again. Holly, I will tell you that you've done strides. And, and, And again, just knowing you just from being a fan on the radio for the last few years, you've made some tremendous strides because I, I, again, for the people to reach out to you, and say that, you know, just like you mentioned a girl with, with the getting a screening test done. I think that's where people are finally feeling that connect. Like, you know what? It's it's a show, but they do understand. And and Holly, we we all of us go through trials and tribulations. It it's a tough thing. Lord knows I've been through it. Ryan has been through it, and he's he's still going through it. But it, it's nice to hear when people are able to at least share that experience to let other people know, you know what? You don't have to stay in that shelter. You don't have to stay by yourself forever. You don't have to do these things because the more you don't seek help, the worse it's going to be because then you got suicidal thoughts, the depression kicks in. There's so many different things. So, you know, without sharing anything super personal, what made you at kind of make that transition to say, you know what? Maybe I do need to speak a little bit more. Um, so I came up with this phrase and I sometimes get it wrong, but I think this is what my general idea was is, um, so I didn't search out mental health advocacy. I didn't one day wake up and go, you know, I'd like to learn more about mental health. I think stuff sort of comes to us. It falls in our laps. Right. And we can do one of two things. We either accept it or we push it away. So I didn't search out mental health advocacy. Um, it was thrust upon me. And I accepted that challenge. So someone in my life a few years back um, had like a, what I guess we could call a mental health crisis. And this is someone that I love very much. 
And when someone that you love has a mental health crisis, like um, it's difficult to see what what happens. Like it's difficult to watch the reality of an actual mental health breakdown. Um, and so this has always been how I've been anyway. I like to research stuff. I like to know why things are happening. I And that's not just with mental health. That's literally with everything. Like my uh, partner was really trying his hardest to like explain football to me on Saturday as the Bucks were playing. And I mean, I have been to, I went to every football game in my high school. I was in a band. Like I've seen so many football games, right? But I still don't quite get it. Just, we won't even talk about that. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but so he's telling me about what a safety is, not the position, the play. And I'm like, but why is it called that? And he's like, why does it matter? I'm like, I like to know these things. He's like, oh my God, you're going to be that person at a party that's like, did you know why that's called a safety? Because Thomas safety did. And I'm like, no, I just like, <laughs> I like to know the reasons. I like to know. So when something like a mental health situation arises, um, eat for myself or a friend or family, I immediately, my thing is, what is this? And why is this happening? Um, and that's really what took me into this whole mental health journey that I've sort of dove into head first, um, looking stuff up and, and, and researching and figuring out what it means. Um, you know, well, I, I've struggled with depression in my life and anxiety, and that's why I, you know, have teamed up with Neurospot TMS, but I did research on that too, before I jumped into that. Um, and so I, what it, what I realized through that mental health crisis that kicked this whole thing off is, we don't talk about this enough right. and I'm going to be able to talk about it more, hopefully um, maybe in like the coming year. Cause I'm still not prepared to talk about all of it. Um, but eventually I will be, and I would love to talk more about it because there's so much that people don't know. And there's so much that people either assume or just ignore. Um, and that even comes down to like, just your run. And I don't mean to minimize this, but like, a lot of people deal with depression, just depression people don't understand. Because if you deal with depression, you might know that, you know, when you're in it, it feels like it's embarrassing to talk about it. And that's part of the reason why so many people don't get help because they don't know how to say what's wrong. And that admitting if they say that something is wrong, it means there's like something bad or wrong with them. I deal with that. I, I deal with that. Like I go through rough times once a cycle and I will lay in bed and be like, I'm not doing very good at my job. I, I don't even know, like someone's going to take my kid away. I'm such a bad parent. And I get into these thoughts, which are like, okay, that's ridiculous. But in that moment, it's not ridiculous. And right. it's my reality. And then I'm like, this doesn't, this feels bad. But what, like, I'm going to tell someone about this. Someone's going to think this is ridiculous. Everyone's going to think I'm stupid. Like it's, the depression makes you tell yourself like insane things and then you believe it. And so it's just, I think talking about it and that's, you know, my goal for now is just to open the conversation so that people feel comfortable enough to share when they have something going on in their mind that they're like, maybe I don't want to tell anybody about this, this is a little crazy. You should tell someone about it because you can help. Yeah. And then just that one little step of telling someone can help you. I dealt with postpartum depression. I had no idea what that was, or I just, I, first of all, I felt terrible. And then I felt guilty for feeling terrible. And it just, the more we talk about things normalizes it. And it's so important that we understand that so many people in our lives that we chalk up to just being crazy. Oh, that's crazy. Oh, that person just being crazy or like mm -hmm. online, you see someone who's being like an antagonist and they might just be an antagonist, but I like to now pause and what this whole thing has taught me is to be like, why is this happening? No, is there true. a and deeper meaning here? That is true. And let me give you one of these because it's super, super important for, for exactly what you're saying here because it's true. A lot of people really don't want to talk about it. And that's a scary situation because you can talk to somebody and, and I've, I've thankfully been able to talk to people after I went through my bout of depression that you meet folks and you're surprised when they look at you and they tell you, do you think I have an issue? And and it's like, is he joking or is he being serious here? And because you don't know, it's like, um, no, you look fine. 
well, let me tell you my story. And then you're completely taken aback because you don't know what people are going through. Now add COVID, add Delta, add everything else that's going on in this world, the uncertainty, jobs, you name it, it makes it even more tough. I think the one positive that I will say here in the Tampa area is thankfully we have summer 24, you know, 365 days a year down here. So the nice part is, unlike it is up north sometimes when it gets gloomy because of winter time, we get gray skies and everything else. If you made the escape down here, it would actually make you feel better because I know like some people need natural light even during while it's bright outside because it makes them comfort, it gives them comfort and makes them feel better. So yeah, if, if anyone's suffering through any kind of mental health, please, by all means, go out there, reach out for help, listen to someone, talk to someone because yes. you never know. And every morning on the way to work, and my girlfriend knows this, I always say a prayer the first thing in the morning. And it, one is that I thank God for giving me thankful, blessed, humble, and grateful for everything, for allowing me awake. And just to say hello to someone, just that one person during the day, it, it could mean the world to somebody. Just like when Miguel, when you guys start off the show in the morning, when you talk about the time, and then he says the year of our Lord, and I even asked him a question. And he told me, I don't know, I just end up doing that. But to me, it, it meant a lot until he finally told me what it meant. I got, I thought it was a spiritual thing. Come to find out, it was just a thing. It's but either like way. It. But yeah. you take it for what you need from it. You take from it what you need. Correct. So I listen. Yep. No, it's true. And, and uh, again, I could, I could even go on with that stuff forever, but it, if, if by any means, if anyone's out there, if you guys need help, please reach out to someone. And before I let you go here, because I know goose had made a comment earlier and he said that you are invited to join us in Limerick at goose's Monte Cristo cigar lounge. As long as she wants the Eagles to win, that might be kind of tough, Holly, That's but, tough. <laughs> That's tough. but you're more than welcome to be invited up there. And uh, Holly, listen, before I let you go here, Thank you so much for joining us tonight. I do appreciate it. I know that you have, again, a lot of stuff slated on your schedule. Oh, Dark 30, you guys do the podcast. You guys do an amazing show. And again, kudos to you. Kudos to the entire gang out there. Thanks to Hot 101.5 for actually believing in this group so much that we don't take you guys for granted. We appreciate everything you guys do every single morning. And then when you guys go on vacation... Personally, when you guys ended up leaving, I think you guys left this year in the middle of the week for vacation. Yeah, we went from like Thursday to Wednesday. Yeah, well, then I was shocked. I'm like, wait, wait, what's this start this morning? What's going on? Well, how come I'm here in the best stuff? And I know. The, it, it was because Listen, it was I vacation. haven't taken my kid to Disney. That's okay. <laughs> but <clears throat> for those who don't know, and by the way, before I sign out or as I sign off here, if you can hang on momentarily, but let the people know exactly where can they find you, what time, and anywhere else. All right. Well, uh, you can listen on, well, depending on where you live. Uh, if you're local in Tampa, you can listen to the radio 101.5. You can download the hot 101.5 app where you can listen anywhere. So if you are in Philadelphia, that's where you can listen. Um, you can also download any of the other streaming apps, you know, the iHeartRadio app, the Odyssey app. Our station is on all of them. Um, I also, so those, then, you know, we on the, on our app, Hot 101.5, we always upload what we do that day. So if you can't listen live from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern time, which is when our show is, we upload all of our stuff that we do. So if you want to listen in the evening, you can listen on the Hot 101.5 app. We upload all of that. And we do a podcast three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. We may not do one tomorrow. I think I have to take my mom to the doctors, but we'll see. So uh, podcasts are also on the app. Also, wherever you do listen to podcasts, it's called Miguel and Holly Uncensored. And we get real crazy on that thing. So that. Um, and then you can find me personally on, for the most part, I don't do a lot of Facebooking, but I am on Instagram and Twitter a lot. So both of those are Radio Holly. And feel free to slide up in my DMs. If you've got mental health issues, you've got questions about, I'm your girl. And uh, newly on TikTok as well. Well, it's been like a year, but I love TikTok. Not posting so much, scrolling. I'm a scroller. Right. <laughs> I'm a secret TikTok scroller. So that's all the ways that you can find me. All right. See, so it, again, it, and everyone, please, I, I I ask everyone to listen to, again, Miguel and Holly in the morning. A great show. You guys will be so entertained. It, it, you won't even realize, if you get the, the chance to listen to four straight hours, you won't even realize it's like 10 o'clock in the morning by the time it's done because it just flows so fast and so good. So listen, keep up the great work again. They will be live October 21st in Ybor City yep. at the at the Ritz. At the Ritz. That's what it was. And the tickets are not sold out. Just the VIP experience is sold out. But it's okay. I'm going to be the guy yelling in the alley. Hey, what's going on? So just giving you a heads up. And <laughs> just yep. so you know. I but love to it. Everyone, 
Thanks for everyone for tuning in tonight. We do appreciate it. Like I said, Holly, hang on for one second. Uh, Thursday night, we will be live, 8 o'clock. Our two guests, Mark Farzetta and Vince Quinn. So we will see you guys Thursday night. We'll get into tons of Eagles talk. And again, probably some Ben Simmons talk here. Come Thursday with the 76ers as he no longer wants to be part of the organization. But it's okay, Ben, because, uh, you know, you might have some fans that may not want you around either, but that's okay. But for my producer over in Studio B, for Debbie, my national correspondent, Ryan Neff, and for everyone tuning in tonight, thanks you guys for tuning in. We will see you live Thursday night at 8 o'clock.